What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I realized there was different types of markets when I started getting in, when I started ending the bar and mobile work and moving into the, the, the mobile work. That's when I, that's when I started to, to learn that there's, there's different markets, there's different levels. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of We Create the Vibes podcast, where we go find some of the dopest DJs out there creating vibes everywhere they go. Today's guest is DJ Dre Ovale. What's going on, my brother? How's everything going? Pretty good, pretty good. Just hanging in there, uh, you know, gearing up for uh, 2023, 24. Really excited. Nice, man. No, I, hey, man. You you definitely did your thing this past year. I see you with the early bookings, too, even from last year, heading into this year. So I know it's going to be a big year for you, brother. I hope so. I hope so. I mean, it, it, they're coming in. They're coming, you know, around December through March. That's when they come in for like as far as weddings. Um, they're coming in, so yeah, it, it's gonna it's gonna be a, a busy, a busy twenty three two thousand twenty four. I'm certain. Nice man, that's what I like mm. to hear, man. Mm. So you've been the twenty years in the DJ industry, man. You know, let's take it back. Walk me through the journey. What were some of the early influences? What was some of the music coming through playing in your house, man? Talk to me. All right, so yeah, so I've been DJing for twenty years. I started when I was seventeen. Um, yeah, usually like Latin music, uh, hip hop. I grew up in Trenton. That's usually the, the the standard music. But then around fifteen, I was introduced to the uh, the internet, and from the internet, I learned about uh, ele- electronic music, and that's what that's what really caught my attention as far as. Um, just DJing or music in general. Around that same time, I started to learn how to play guitar. I started to learn how to DJ. Um, some some of my earliest like uh, influences were um, side trance music, goa trance, that type of stuff. Okay. Uh, DJ DJs like um, John and Digweed and Sasha. Uh, who else? Just those. Just that two, early two thousands progressive house type of vibe. That's what um. Doug. That's what you know, brought me to music. And from there, um, I DJ that at, you know, house parties, even though they want to hear trans music, they want to hear, what was big in like 2005, like the Lil John or Party Like a Rockstar, you know, that's what they wanted to, to hear, which okay. is understandable. <laughs> we're, we're all we're all 17, 18. No one wants to listen to deep progressive house, but that's what I like. And they're, they're cool with me DJing, you know, these these type of house parties, just playing there. But from there, I, I, want, I wanted to find like an actual uh avenue where they actually appreciated this type of music so i started uh partying at raves and going to underground parties and that's where i got my um my wheels if you will that's when i started to dj out in public that's when i started to to mingle with djs that are way better than me djs that are way older than me i was what 17 18 something like that so um yeah going out to a lot of raves almost on a Three times a week, maybe just just mm-hmm. going out. I I had not, I had nothing else to do. I I had money <laughs> from a part time job and working and and going out partying with uh, uh my girlfriend at the time. 
so yeah, we just partied a lot, and I used to go to these parties, like three of them a week, just seeing other DJs uh, mixing it up, you know, showing me how to be a better DJ, if you will. Mm-hmm. And from from raves, then at some point, I, I this was around, let's say, 21. I was like, all right, I'm kind of bored of just playing electronic music. This is yeah. I, could, I could do a little bit more. Then I started uh, getting into um, clubs, bars, you know, that type of stuff. I was already of age to do it. And that's when I started to DJ at, um, yeah, clubs, bars, casinos, that type of stuff. And from there, I, I I did that a lot. Like, you know, I over did that a lot for a few years. And then I'm like, what's the next thing? Like, what's the next thing I can I can get into? And from there, that's when I discovered the mobile, mar- the mobile, you know, mobile DJing. So I did private parties, you know, less, uh, you know, just private parties whenever they needed a DJ. Um, I was I was the go-to. Can you, you know, can you DJ this? Uh, I don't know, a birthday party, a, you know, just small parties, small private parties. And from there, I, I did that for a few years. And then I'm like, what's next? What do I do next? And that's when I discovered uh, corporate gigs and weddings. And that's pretty been my goal. That's, that's been my goal too for the past uh, four to five years, just because it's, mm. uh, it's a little bit more complicated than the previous type of work, but it's the, the reward is worth it. Um, even though it sometimes it causes a lot of headaches, you're dealing with <laughs> you're dealing with you know very um demanding clients, be it uh brides or corporate. I'm sure you you know court when you work oh, absolutely, they, brother. <laughs> they they want to go back and forth with a flyer design. Um, they, they want to see what music you got, you're possibly gonna play. They yep. want to know everything on there. You you know how it is with corporate. Um, but again, I'm I'm 35 now. This that's kind of what I enjoy doing more. Um, corporate wedding stuff versus going back to you know doing nightclubs or or raves if you will. Even though I I, I do have a few friends every now and then that hit me up like, hey, I got this, you know like this, I got this underground party. You want to come play it? I'm like, as long as I'm free, count me in because I'd love to play some, you know, it's like some progressive house or some some nasty side trance or something. Just because I I really do love playing that music. It's just not my um not my market anymore if you will oh. um so yeah that's pretty much that's pretty much that's pretty much been my um my journey as far as uh djing if you will from raver to clubs and bars to corporate to private parties and mobile wedding uh, events to corporate and weddings pretty much that's been my uh my journey if you will nice man now you mm-hmm. spoke a little bit about market man when did you realize you know for djs there's different markets out there. You know, did you did you feel pressure to choose a market when you first started off, or did that come on later? You know, talk to me about that. That that come that came out much later. Like when I first start when I first started DJing, it was strictly out of love for music. But mm-hmm. it was so much of a love that I used when I was you know 19, 20, 21, I used to hate hate with a passion uh open format djs djs that just play yeah i used to hate it like i I, like i was such wow okay uh so i was such a music snob that i hated the (laughs) idea of going out and playing uh you know music that people know so market i didn't even Mm. think of that when i first started uh i realized there was different types of markets when i started getting in when i started ending the bar and mobile work and moving into the 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 mobile work that's when i that's when i started to to learn that there's, there's different markets, there's different levels, there's different, um, different, uh, how you call it? Um, what am I, what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, but just different markets. Yeah. That's, that's when I realized, um, you know, you can market yourself as this, or you can market yourself as that. There's, a uh, opportunities over here, opportunities over there. And depending on where you want to take your, uh, your career, if you will, that's the kind of the path you have to, um taken you don't necessarily have to you know follow that path like strictly that path otherwise it's just like some other whatever corny dj out there like every other <laughs> yeah. uh i don't know I, guy i don't know if i could curse on this but every um do your thing brother <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so yeah it's, um yeah you don't necessarily have to find a path or, or a business plan or something that that would work you just have to find your own path and find your own market and and things work out pretty much. But yeah, it, I started to learn about markets around uh, when I jumped into the mobile uh, mobile sector of DJing. Yeah. No, nice, man. And uh, <laughs> I don't want to box you in, man. But uh, speaking of, you, you spoke about weddings earlier. And uh, man, you're definitely 
you're the go-to like if someone wants to really get down and dive into wedding i feel like you are the per- perfect person to study i mean your website is amazing the videos the content that you post my big question to you how do you handle wedding inquiries as they come in so before so this i'll, I'll walk you through my my what i did the, the previous let's say four years so talk to me man. i didn't i didn't necessarily want to put um pricing on my website i wanted to te- i wanted to focus more as focus myself more as a boutique service if you will so people reach out to me i can talk to them i can see what they're about what they're looking for what they don't want what they do want but um that started to become kind of um uh i don't know time consuming so what i started doing i put a a uh, like this form where you they, they fill out um on my website where they go put in what type of event is it? How many people? Um, what's you know what what type of event? What what are they looking for? Just so I already have an idea of what they want before we even hop on a call, just to make sure one, am I available for the day? Two, am I even the right fit for their type of uh, event? So this form that I put on my website has kind of um helped me um you know save time as far as like um yeah it just helped me save time. It helped me find the right uh, clients that are good for me or whether I, you know, I'm a good fit for them, they're a good fit for me because nothing's worse than working you know, for somebody that you guys just don't mesh, even though as much as you try, we are a client-based service, but sometimes there's some people that you, you just don't, you don't work with well. So yes. for, for me, that putting that form on my website where I, I know what they're looking for gives me a better idea of what, they, um, what they're after, what they want, and whether... They and I, they, yeah, them or I are a good, good fit. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. I like that. You have the form automation tool, makes your life easier. I mean, the management, I mean, hey, DJs, take notes, take notes. <laughs> <laughs> man, I got to ask yep. you, man, man you, again, you've been killing in the wedding industry. I need to know what are some of the common mistakes that you see wedding DJs or even maybe yourself, you know, when you first started off, what are some of the common mistakes that uh, DJs make while DJing a wedding? Um, for DJing a wedding, just, uh, I, I think just sticking, maybe sticking to, uh, too safe to a playlist, if you will. Like, I guess, mm. I like I said, I come from an experimental background. So sometimes I want to throw something that doesn't, like on the dance floor, I want to play something that, I think would resonate with the crowd, but not everyone knows. Maybe a few here and there, but those few, few in there on the dance floor, they they know what I'm referencing and they react to it. And that big reaction, I know is coming up. So I recorded on my on my phone, or because you see my when I record on content yep. or whatever. So I record um, that specific moment. I know what I kind of know. I'm gonna get a reaction to it. Okay. So I record it just so I, like. Just so I have that reaction caught on video, and then I could share it on um, social media. And that, for, for instance, for just just for instance, so I have this video on my TikTok of me playing guitar to an. I don't know. I don't know if you're familiar with anime. Yeah. Um, but to uh the intro to Attack on Titan, the, the from okay. the new season. Okay. So I I, rec- I recorded that. I have. I know. I just want. I just want to share because I I made the taps for it. I put them online. People could play the the song, uh, on guitar. But then people started commenting on it, and I guess other nerds, if you will, other anime nerds, they they saw that video and it resonated with them. Like, oh, this guy does weddings and he knows anime, or you know, he knows Attack on Titan. So they felt closer to me just because I kind of know, I don't know, because I know Attack on Titan, if you will. So that little. That little connection between them and them and I um, was the reason that they booked me pretty much. Just so I, I, I like to add other things other than music to my my social media, other than TikTok or Instagram. I like to add. It, it, this could be anything, any whatever um, topic you, you you like. Whether you like reading, whether you like uh, movies, whether you like anime, just don't necessarily make it all music or all. Don't make your social media all 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 music. Make it something about, uh, you know, something you're reading, some something you like watching, family, whatever, and that would resonate with people. So that's something I guess that's 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 a mistake that I see people, uh, I mean, other DJs posting on social media, just just posting all about 
only music. Like, just post mm-hmm. other things that, um, you know, non DJ non DJ people or people that aren't DJs can uh, resonate with you. If, if you were in this case, it being anime. Um, so yeah, that's that's one of the, one of the top things I highly uh, one of the mistakes I see other DJs make. Just make their page all about um, music, and it, it's understandable. We are DJs. That is what we do. Music. But those little, those little extra videos about topics that you like other than music, um, yeah, like I said, it just people resonate with it just because it's something they can relate to. That's not DJing because DJing is is complicated in a sense. So um, yeah, it's it's it's, just, it's follow it's easier to follow uh, an anime intro versus what a DJ is doing behind the decks because people understand. Um, that more than watching all this technical ability on, yep. <laughs> on, 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 on the decks. And that is impressive. There is a market for that. There's a market for everything. But yeah, just try to make yourself more um, accessible and more uh, more interesting, if you will. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Relatable. I like, yo, I, yeah, I, I, I like that, yeah. man. Yeah. You're relatable. That's a, that's a very uh, dope tip because I think sometimes, you know, us as DJs, we get caught up in like, Hey, I gotta, I gotta post this transition, or I gotta show you this uh cool trick that I did. And um, I mean, unfortunately, most people don't really care unless they're like, you know, they're really DJs or or they're into the scene or they're, you know, they care about the technical aspect. Most people don't really care, though, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, un- un- until they're looking for yeah. <laughs> a DJ for their wedding, then they see your videos. They're like, oh, this guy knows. This guy's pretty damn good. I like what he right. does. Then they can hire you. <laughs> but as far as just feeding them content, uh, they can relate to. Yeah, it's they're not going to relate to every cool scratch, you know, whatever technique you're doing here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so I'm a beginner DJ, man. I'm I got hired to do a wedding. The wedding's Saturday. It's Wednesday. I have a um, hard drive full of hits, tunes. I'm confused, man. I'm I'm calling DJ Dre Ovale. I I I need to hit you up, man. How do I get this wedding started, man? Like, give me give me some beginner tips. First time DJ, DJing his first wedding, you know, walk me through, like, how do I keep the party going? So the first good thing that, that you already have is the hits. You already have the hits ready. So <laughs> you already have that ready. The hardest part when doing your wedding for the first time, and I'm sure you can relate, relate or any DJ, is being the MC, getting on the microphone and knowing what to say. That's the first thing that most most DJs don't get, right? They're nervous about, they're Googling how to how to do this. Uh, whatever. So what I would recommend for a first time DJ is take the hit financially and uh, hire one of your, your well, more experienced uh, MC friends and hire them to do the, M- the MCing. That way you know how to uh, direct a wedding. You know, you know how it flows. Um, if anything, they can give you ideas on what to play too, just because they do this all the time. Um, but as far as like, since you already got the crates, you already have the music, just hop online and look up, um, you know, top 200 songs at a wedding and then you kind of have an idea of what songs people are going to react to at a wedding so that's that's the main thing but uh, that's that's one of the things but one of the main things i highly recommend is just finding someone that's an mc that can help you mm. um help you move a wedding around because that's that's the toughest part i think out of uh weddings to you know to delegate uh time management to know what to say to ask the right questions. So with an MC, with an MC more experienced than you, I think they can help you, um, you know, focus on what's important, but also direct you on where you need, what you need to know, where you need to go. And that that way for the next wedding, you already have the hits, you already have the music. You just kind of, you kind of mimic what that MC did. And that's when you have an idea of what to do for your next wedding. So that's, that's the advice I will give to a, a beginner just find someone that is a little bit more experienced than you be it being a dj or mc or both and then letting them help you taking the price cut and giving them half of whatever you're earning so you you learn that's the most important thing just to learn how to properly uh mc or dj a a wedding mm-hmm. man great great tips man i, I wish i did that in my first wedding hiring <laughs> You're so right, man. Cause you, like, I can, I remember my first wedding, like literally 11 years ago, and I'm sitting here on my phone, like, yo, what, what should I say? Like, I had it written down. But I'm like, oh, it doesn't sound right. Like, should I say it like this? 
So yeah, no, that's so true. You know, definitely hire an MC and uh, yeah, you know, you could follow that direction and see really how a wedding's, you know, properly hosted and, and properly ran. So no, great, and, great and, tips. And, and the next, the next tip too, I, I would say for the next, for the second wedding you do is when you get down the format or you write down what the things you copy from that MC, this is a yeah. really good tip. I tell every MC and it helps them project their voice. So this is what I tell them. Like once you get your script down, get go in front of a mirror and repeat what you say, but record it too. So that way um, you can hear when your, when your voice goes down, when you say certain words or when you keep it straight and then it's, it's uh what's the word? It's directly into the microphone. So what I do is go in front. What I used to do is go in front of a, a microphone. I mean, a, a mirror, say what you want, but when you say whatever you want to say, push your hand out like that and pretend it's your words like that. And that's how you can direct, make your, your, make your words are more, whatever you're saying more um project out more and in, project yeah you project it out more you you put you keep the energy mm. in your words or in your in your whatever you're saying versus your 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 voice going uh hey hello my name is you want to say hi my name is whatever so yeah push your hand out like that it's i don't know it's it's a it's a tip i've shown uh to other uh beginner djs when they want to get better at emceeing and the next thing you know they're like yo that shit worked like what the hell? i don't know the science behind it but it worked but I, I i can't explain necessarily explain why it worked but i learned that from a um uh, i used to I, I used to um take lessons for opera Ooh, uh, okay. when i was younger yeah i can't i can't sing worth a shit but no I, was, I, I, uh, <laughs> I took i took opera lessons for like three um three or four months one of the biggest lessons i learned was how to project my voice from that yeah. um and that, that's one of the first lessons i learned from uh from uh yeah from that opera teacher but yeah that's, that's just something to add like something to for a beginner dj mc to to do a trick or if you will yeah if you're enjoying the content you're watching right now and you want to learn how to level up at all your events and create vibes well make sure you subscribe to the youtube channel right now man you took opera that's very unique man that's dope <laughs> <laughs> that's that's different man i like that <laughs> I, I, I can't sing though <laughs> I, I remember being in that lady's living room just singing uh like Pavarotti or some other you know okay. classical Italian opera singer and I'm like whoa and she's like you gotta do it like this and I'm like do it again and I'm like no do it again do it again and I never got it down it's just it just wasn't for me I picked up DJing guitar a lot quicker than I did opera opera is mm-hmm. opera is tough but uh yeah yeah imagine man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. all right so you you spoke about sound too and I. Uh, you know, I, I I check your post. I, I I see what you're actively posting. I I want to say maybe a month or two months ago, you posted about uh telling DJs make sure when you, when you have an event, get the full floor panel so you can see see what the floor looks like so you can set your speakers up and have your sound not you know reacting off of certain things or your sound actually in a good a good zone where the frequency mm-hmm. frequencies you know where you won't have any issues. With your microphone talking or anything like that, where did you learn that? You know, where did you learn about sound placement, speaker placement? So I, I, I some, that's something else I did for a lot of years. I also did uh, corporate audio visuals. So I learned oh, how yeah. to. Um, I, I used to be the that the, the guy that used to come into, uh, you know, like hotels, fancy hotels, big oh. auditoriums, and they used to show us a floor plan. They used to say, "We want." Uh, X amount of subs here, X amount of speakers here, and we want them um, daisy chain, or we want a, a uh, uh, we want an Ethernet from X room to this other room at this at this uh, conference. So, doing that for a lot of years, I learned um, speaker placement, speak, uh, speaker, uh, you know, like how, how much it, it shoots out. I can't yep. think of the words right now for some reason. Um, uh, yeah, so I, I learned learned about speaker placement. Um, from doing AV gigs, I, I learned a lot from doing AV and AV. I did AV um, AV work. I got into when I quit my um, my day job to do this full time. Like at the time, I was I only had like a few gigs on the weekends just to do uh, bars and clubs, and I did like Uber on the side and also um, AV gigs on like maybe two or three a week. But those, but from there, I, I started doing AV work. Monday through Friday, and sometimes the whole weekend. Mm. Just doing doing that type of work has shown me a lot about 
um, audio speaker placement and also showed me how little DJs and musicians know about sound. That too, like I, yeah, yeah. I thought I knew, I thought I knew sound when I when I was uh, when I first started out. I'm like, oh yeah, I got experience. I, I'm getting into this. I did have experience. I did, I didn't know some things, as any DJ does as far as sound. But when you actually yeah. start getting into the science behind it, you realize. DJs and musicians don't know jack shit about sound. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. I'm, I'm one of them. And, and I, I went to grad school for uh, like sound yep. recording too. And I still... <laughs> well, see, that's I, didn't, different. I, didn't, I didn't finish, but you know, I entered grad school for it. But yeah, I don't, I know a little bit, but yeah, I, I don't know the science. But, I, I can't. But that's, that's, that's different. Record, like recording is completely different than at a live setting. So you did, I'm sure you did learn, you know, something from that. So yeah. but when you put it when you when it's a, in a live setting, it's uh it's a little bit different, and it's it's also a lot of trial and error too. Like, um yeah, it's it's trial and error really. But uh, yeah, most of that I learned from uh work uh, working as a freelancer for uh, audio visual companies in pretty much the tri-state area. Okay, no, very mm-hmm. dope, man. Mm-hmm. So we're we're in an era where the the song requests are are coming in hostile, man. I mean, they're coming in with the phones. I mean, they're just all up in your face. I need to know, how do you handle a song request, man? So, uh, all right. So f- request, I used to see that a lot more at, when I used to do bars and clubs and weddings, not so much. At, and it, may, it could be just because the times have changed or I think I just got better at reading the room, if you will. Like, I, I don't. I don't know. I rarely get the, the phone in front of your face and like play this right now. <laughs> I I kind of already assume that's what they're gonna ask for three mm, okay. songs before they even come up to me. So I already I already took care of the request without them asking, if you will. Um. So yeah, I just I just I I you know like they say you keep one ear in your booth and one ear out on the dance floor, or in this case your eyes. So I I try to. Uh, pay attention on like every DJ does, you know, just reading the room. I try to pay attention to who's on the room um, and seeing what I think they would react to. And then that way I don't get that many requests. So I, I I'm fortunate enough, I guess, where I, I, I don't have the phone in front, in front of your face. Most of my, uh, <laughs> most of my gigs, but if, if I do, if that, that is the case, if I, if I, if I'm bomb, bombing a, tra- uh, a set and I'm not playing what the crowd wants and I'm getting that phone every second, um, I just tell them, um, you know, we'll play it event. I'll play it eventually. That's it. You'll get to hear it eventually if they say uh, we're leaving now. I'm like, okay, leave that. Fine, that's fine. That's fine with me. Yeah, this, this, is, this is for a bar and club. This is not for a wedding. This is for a bar and club. Yeah. Right. So if, if, if they say, yeah, uh, I tell them, uh, yeah, I'll play it eventually, and say I'm leaving right now. I'm like, well, I'm sorry, I'm not playing it right now. Like, I'll I'll play it for you, but we're not playing that right now. I'm not playing. I'm not playing. Mr. Brightside at a bar at ten <laughs> at peak hour, you know, like we're not doing it. Right. It, it. It is it is a hype track. It is a song mm-hmm. where you where you know everyone reacts to everyone's drunk. That you, you want to save that for for the last or some the last fifteen minutes at a bar or club right. when everyone's you know dipping or or whatever. That's when you save that track for. So I tell them, yeah, I'll play your song. Just give me a minute to to mix it in, and if they get very um. If they get a, I don't know, antsy or they get impatient, um, you know that that that's on them. They're gonna hear the song eventually, but they gotta they they gotta wait pretty much. I, I'll play I'll play the song where I think best fits. I'm not I'm not catering to uh, one person to ruin the entire dance floor, right? <laughs> right. You want to focus on the dance floor and take care of that one person eventually when 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 the time is right, if you will. Yeah. No, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, what are some accessories that every DJ needs? Um, all right. So, uh, what are some accessories that every DJ needs? Uh, hmm, that's a good question. All right. So this, this is, this isn't something I think every DJ needs in the mobile work, but it does help immensely. And that is a, an external mixer, not so much just hooking into, uh, you know, like your, your, your speakers into your controller and calling it a day. I'm, I'm talking and not necessarily like a small little, uh, four channel uh, audio mixer. I'm talking like an actual. This, again, this is if someone can afford it, an actual six hundred to like a thousand dollar, like an iPad mixer, if you will. And the reason I say this is because once you put, once you plug in your 
your controller into an actual soundboard, like something that's meant for to to amplify sound. Um, not amplify sound. Terribly. No, no, like an actual mixer. Yeah, aside from not a DJ mixer. When you actually plug into something like that, you actually realize how much more power your speakers have, how much more oomph your speakers have, if you will. So when you, when you have this external mixer, uh, yeah, you can you can work with your levels more, be it your vocals, be it your highs, your mids, your lows. Uh, you, you can change frequencies in it. But also more importantly, too, because you can carry an iPad around and in, in, in that iPad, it shows, um, you know, your levels for your audio and all that, and also your notes, any notes you have for the event. So I, this, this is, again, this is not something every DJ needs, but it's something that would make your sound, uh, would amplify your sound, make it sound 10 times better, make your sound system 10 times better, but also make your workflow easier at the event. That way, if you're like 100 feet away from the DJ booth, you don't need to run back to like right. bring down bring down microphones or nothing. You can, li you can literally just talk right there, uh, put the music back up, uh, or you need to say something else, they tell you, hey, can you announce this and that? Uh, you know, uh, unmute, just say it, mute it, and then music is still playing in the background because you have everything in control from your um, phone or your or your or your iPad or your i whatever, yeah, your 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 mobile device. Um, so yeah, that's something I I I don't think every DJ needs, but it helps. Um, it helps mobile DJs if they're in that in that um in that business. Um, it makes their life easier. As far as like what. I guess what uh I don't I don't know I don't know what 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 every DJ needs and what you know what what was the question again what whatever uh <laughs> all right so what what accessory you know every DJ should have or what accessory, accessory okay uh, all right so here's a simple one cable straps I I come from the audiovisual world I um, hate when uh I hate when I see other DJs just pull out a Tupperware full of cables that are all like tangled up. Okay. Um, that that would ruin your cables very quick, especially if you're keeping them in in cold storage, or an environment that's not friendly to cables. Yeah, buy some buy some straps, man. Like keep your cables organized. Okay. Um, that again, that comes from the that comes from my audio visual background. Um, it's it's a pet peeve of mine, but it'll keep it'll make your life so much so much more organized. Uh, yeah, just some cable straps. Uh, what? Yeah, that, that, that's a good answer, I think. Okay. Yeah, some cable strips. That I, would, I think that's a that perfect organize answer. <laughs> that would organize like, your... Oh, I'm sorry about that. I feel like a lot of DJs like uh, don't have the cable. I know when I, I first started off, I was just like, yeah, I was like one of those guys that like threw the cables in the bag and yeah, terrible. No, yeah, terrible. I was embarrassed too, pulling them out. Like I would try to like pull them out underneath the table with the cloth over so no one sees me doing it. Like that's how it's... Yeah, don't do it. Hey, that, that's that's fine. It's just it's just you you know you want to take care of your cable. Those cables are expensive. Right. You want you want to take care of them. Like those are like what twenty five a pop, give or take. Right. And you're carry you're carrying at least I, I don't know most DJs carry at least minimum four to six XLR cables on the minimum, and that's like twenty five to forty five a piece. So yeah, just roll them up nicely and, and keep take care of them. That that's all. Yeah, yeah. No, that's true. Mm -hmm. How did you go about choosing the right speakers um uh years of uh experimentation and seeing what everyone uh used so when i when i when i started out when i first when i bought my first speaker i bought a a gemini and you know gemini used to get it used to get a lot of hate for being the the low quality speaker back in like the early 2000s and late 2010s or whatever um but that speaker lasted me for 15 years. Mm. Um, as much as much hate as it got, as much as as much hate as that brand got. But yeah, so I went from Gemini, and then I, I got into JBL. Um, I started using those for a little bit. Then I started doing AV work, and I got into QSC. Okay. And I started to, I started to see all these audiovisual guys use QSCs just because those, you could throw those things down a a, a stairway and, and <laughs> stairway on it, and they were okay. So yeah, the, the, that's kind of the go-to for a lot, a lot of um, uh, audio-visual companies because it's still mid-tier sound. It's still yeah. mid-tier, but it could take a beating, but it's also not top-tier. And from there, that's that's from QSC. I I learned of RCF, and I've been an RCF user for the past uh, two years. And I don't plan on making everything I have RCF just because it's really expensive. 
But as far as my wedding setup, I'm sticking to RCF just because uh, it's it's amazing what those things can can achieve, especially with uh, external mixer to make to really make them pop, if you will. Um, but yeah, that is just trial and error. I just moved from speaker to spe- speaker brand to speaker brand, and I eventually found myself on uh, using QSTs to rent out and using um, RCFs for my personal use. Mm. Okay. So I see you crushing it on IG, TikTok. I mean, the reels are getting traction. You just started following each other too recently on TikTok. But yeah, man, mm-hmm. now you are doing your thing, man. I need your top three tips to boost my brand or any DJ's brand on social media. What are your top three tips, man? So I, I my top my top tip right now is focus on uh, TikTok, just because TikTok is a discovery app, not not like Instagram was a discovery app, but it's so much so much harder to um, to f- to find new content on on IG. You kind of see in the, the same old same old of what you already follow, and when you do, uh, when it does send you new content, it doesn't send you stuff that's relatable to you. It just sends you whatever's um, whatever is uh, trending, if you will. It could be, I don't know, it could be some some dude cooking a sandwich in India, which is, right. <laughs> which is, which is, which is, I do enjoy watching it. It's just, it just does, it has no value to me. It's just, it's just there to kill my time. And that's what I think Instagram's uh, doing right now. Just trying to grab your attention from TikTok and trying, making you trying to spend time on their app with whatever worthless, I don't say worthless, but whatever some Indian dude cooking a sandwich, uh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but TikTok, TikTok's different just because like it, it kind of reads what you're, what you like, and also what you're searching on, um, on the app. Because this is this is something I personally, I I'm a big foodie. My girlfriend and I we're, we're big foodies. We like to go out and eat. And every I guess once a week, maybe we hop on in, on TikTok just for like, we put new places to search, and then we call it we call it inspiration time. So through TikTok, when we search that we and then whatever city we're going to, we look up to new places to to try or new places to um to yeah new places to try new places to check out and that's the same exact thing people are doing um in, in uh, on tiktok like let's say weddings let's say a bride she's she's searching um uh you know bridal ideas wedding ideas um wedding inspiration and if you focus on that that's what your videos are going to pop on pop up on whatever they're searching for so again, my, my the, the biggest uh, advice I have is focusing on TikTok just because it is primarily a a uh, discovery app. The only problem with that app is that once you throw that out into the world, it's probably going to get traction for maybe a month or two. And then after that, it just, it's like it never existed. It's like right. you're never going to get lights <laughs> on it ever again. That's the bad thing versus like on IG or, or on or on Facebook, you will, you know, or yeah, IG or Facebook, where um, if you posted something, let's say today, you're still gonna get a like from it. Maybe come May or June or something. Versus on TikTok, that's not the case. But it's it's good for discovery, but it's not good for retainment as far as like keeping um, uh, yeah, yeah, an audience pretty much. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 what IG and and Facebook is for for retainment. But as far as getting new people through the door, I think uh tiktok that's that's the main focus and that's why i've been trying to focus as much uh time energy resources into uh into into that app just because it's it's a discovery app and, and most people that are hiring you they're hire, hiring you for this one special event again, again this is this is for, for weddings but um they're hiring they're hiring you for this one special event and hopefully they're not going to get married again you know sometimes maybe they do maybe you, you never know You've been DJing 20 years in the DJ industry, man. I mean, you've seen it all. You were there, vinyl. You were there for the transition of, of CDs, MP3s. I mean, talk to me, man. What do you like most about the DJ DJ industry now? And what do you dislike about the DJ industry? Um, Something I do like is the, the, the ability of just carrying a laptop and a hard drive around. And that's all your music right there. Uh, that's pro- and also controllers. Cause I, I I I do not miss carrying around uh, turntables or CD players or um, you know just all this extra stuff. I do not miss those days at all. 
Um, but again, I I I have I only started out DJing publicly when CDs were already, um, you know, out. So I carried a CD wallet. So okay. as far as like car- carrying vinyl, I only did that to a few underground events that were all vinyl, like an all vinyl night. That I, I wasn't that. Like I I I joined into the DJ game at the tail end of that. But um, as okay. far as like carrying CDs or organizing CDs, burning songs into cds like putting 20 of them sometimes even less just to stay organized uh, more i do not miss that at all so yeah what i do like about it is uh less stuff you got to carry around it makes your life much um easier what i don't like about it um oh man that's what what don't i i i can't think of anything i do not like i think everything has been a positive uh uh upgrade if you will like i'm sure in the in the next 10 years we won't even i mean even right now you're like you don't for a mobile djing you don't, you aren't you're not even going to need uh your laptop you're you know you just like right now you just at clubs you just hook in your usb and yep. that works um i don't necessarily do that for weddings but i do kind i do kind of see us uh the, the mobile the mobile work um transitioning to that uh that style where we're not going to carry our laptops around we're going to be like the club dj where we just carry our usb and put it into whatever device we're uh, we're using. But yeah, I I I I don't have a negative thing that I hate about DJing nowadays. Over the, the years, as they progress, so only just positive, just lighter equipment, uh, more music, um, easier to make edits, easier to make remixes, easier to find remixes. Uh, record pools are everywhere. Yes. Um, I I I don't I'm not one of those people that that think it's a saturated uh market which i it, it is but i i don't care like i i just want i, I want to i want like we should, you should just focus on yourself and trying to be better than what you were before don't worry about how many djs are out there or what they're charging or, or any of that I, I don't i i pay attention just so i know what where where the heartbeat of the market is at but i i don't i don't care i just want to focus on me and what my peers are doing and hopefully we're all uh, being better DJs, better entertainers than we were the the day before. That's that's what I care about. But yeah, not not a negative, just all positive on my end. I, I I like all the new technology, all the new music, all the new equipment. How much easier it it's made uh, mobile mobile DJing or just DJing in general. I I love all the technology and how much easier it's 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 become. Yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I love the technology. It's it's so much. Like I remember carrying my coffin and uh, yo, my wheels falling off at a uh, Gramercy Theater, man. That was the day I was like, no more, I'm done, man. I'm, I'm never carrying. <laughs> and I was like 140 pounds, man. I couldn't even get up the escalator. Like it, it was so embarrassing, man. <laughs> like no more. Yeah, I'm not. I'm never DJing. Like only in the crib, man. That's it. Like I will never, never pull out my turntables. It's it's just too heavy, man. And I'm yeah. older now. Like it's just like I love it. I I love DJing on turntables, but man, I carrying a coffin. That's same, same. Like every every <laughs> video, every video I record, or every every like every video I post for social media, or every uh, mix I record at at home, it's all on my my Technics and my uh, my S11. But as far as bringing that stuff out. No, I'm not doing all that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so talk to me, man. What are some songs that have fallen out of your rotation? Songs that you're not playing anymore? Maybe songs that you particularly loved and used to play a lot, but, you know, just fell out the rotation. Doesn't make the cut anymore. Oh, man. What, what are songs like that? Um, let me think. Oh, man. What is a song that I used to play a lot? I mean, I can't. I can't really think of one right now. That's, that's no, nothing is popping up. To, I'm sure there's some out there. They just I have to look at my Serato and and see. I'm like, oh yeah, I used to play that, but yeah, I can't necessarily um, remember a song that I used to play a lot and now I don't even. Th- yeah, I can't. I can't think of one. Unfortunately, mm, okay. Yeah. So you're a lover of the underground music, man. What intrigues you about underground music? underground artists the whole underground scene what do you love about it um well what what got me into it is it's just um at the time when i got into it 
uh, I was in high school when I found it, and no one was necessarily into that um, type of music. You know, that, that didn't blow up until, like, the EDM bubble, if you will. That didn't blow up until, mm-hmm. um, like, 2009, 2010, um, 2011. It didn't blow up until then. But before that, um, you know, like, pre, like, 2003 to 2009, if you will, uh, what brought me into it was just like the the community, like any small niche community, be it hip hop, be it metal, be it whatever. It's just uh, the community behind the un- underground music. Because I remember like going up to uh, record stores in Philly, like Six Eleven or Satellite up up in New York City, just to go in there and see what new releases they had as far as like uh, underground music, and. Just me, a you know, like a sixteen-year-old kid talking to the to the shop owner, like about this tune, and he's like, "What does this kid know? Like, he doesn't know anything. Like, <laughs> this, this is for like actual DJs." And like, you know, I wasn't an actual DJ, if you will, but yeah, just walking in, walking into these record stores and and talking to other to the shop owners, to the other uh, DJs they used to shop for for records because they had gigs at whatever club they're playing. They're all twenty-one and over. Um, but yeah, just learning from these more experienced um, DJs that are, you know, that are no longer around. They they gave it up. They put their headphones away years ago. But I learned a lot from these these guys as far as like um, uh, underground stuff. I also like how there's different um, genres of underground, and each of them have their own parties, their own type of subgenres, their own type of category category. So let's say you have a drum and bass night on a, at one club here and then you have an, a side trance night at the other um club down the road like it's still all electronic music but it's it's all under different umbrella like an umbrella yep. and it's all different types of people going to these type of parties they might know each other but they're going to their preferred um style in music so yeah that's something i, I really liked about that uh that community where it's it's still you know every it's still a small community community but it's still kind of um, there's a there's parties for everyone, be it be it Philly or New York, whatever. So that's something that really um you know uh, grabbed my atten- attention to um to to electronic music. It just the, the the amount of music out there, the amount of parties out there, the amount of uh di- diversity, the um the amount of also you know, you know like when you walk to, to those parties, it didn't matter what you look like or what you right what, what what was your background either that didn't matter it didn't even matter if you were if the guy next to you like came from a like a lot of money and the guy next to you over here on the left was just a complete i don't know into drugs or something like <laughs> yeah. it was it was it was a big mesh of like random people that's that's what i really liked about it, it it's just a uh a mesh of a a mesh of a bunch of misfits if you are that's that's <laughs> what i love about it i'm a i was a misfit myself mm. so like it, it just it just brought all these weird people together into into this one um uh one un, one you know one umbrella category be it electronic music and what I, the beauty of that um i guess that circle that circle that world is that all these people that i grew up with in that scene they're all either getting married or they are all mm-hmm. working these these corporate gigs or whatever so now like they know that i'm the go to for these more um sophisticated events i don't know what to call okay. it um so yeah i'm usually the go-to so like let's say like my friend's getting some friend i used to you know do molly with back when i was like 19 <laughs> he's, he's hitting me up and he goes like hey man i'm getting married I'm like well congratulations uh you know let's talk or whatever so all these friends that i used to um party with they're all they're all getting married or they, they've gotten married in the previous years so it it introduced me it made me more of this world this electronic world made me more of an open person more of a honest person and and it also made me more of a people's person mm-hmm. and i learned a lot about people i learned about a lot about friendship a lot about a lot about everything that 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 whole world of electronic music introduced me to a lot of things or opened me opened my eyes to how the world is or isn't if you will um so yeah that that's i, I think getting into that world was one of the biggest uh blessings for me just because it, it showed me showed me a lot introduced me to a lot of people to a lot of people that are doing big things now um so yeah that's it it, it just introduced me to to the whole world if you will yeah nah very dope man i mm-hmm. i shared kind of like a similar same experience i have a friend um 
We both interned at a record label in college, and uh, his name is Chavez. He's a DJ. He's a underground house DJ, but uh, he really he put me onto the, the house electronic scene. ResidentAdvisor.net. Uh, okay, yeah. The black card going into uh, parties at Wall Street, and you know you can't yeah. get the phone out and see the animation on the screens and this is like probably for me like maybe 2008 9 and mm-hmm. all the way up to 2012 but that scene is so it's dope i mean it's it's pure i mean even the like even if you never heard of the music like people are really there to have a good time dance yeah there's mm-hmm. no judgment it's like literally like no judgment zone i mean it's it's I I I do miss the underground house scene in New York but i, I just feel like that's a very dope scene and um, no, if people haven't experienced it, you gotta experience it. Like it even opened up, opened me up to so much like tech house, minimal techno, like yeah, yeah, stuff yeah. I wasn't really, you know, I didn't really know too much about. But amazing music, amazing. Yep, yep. Now nah, that's dope. I, that's what really, uh, you know, kind of like, st- you know, when I was like checking your page, I'm like, man, you're into like so much, like you're into so much cool stuff, and and I feel like a lot of. I know I, I used to run across a lot of DJs where they're like, oh, I only can play this or I only listen to this. And I, I feel like that's like, why, why? There's so much great music all across genres. Like, why limit yourself? Like, why? I completely agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Makes no that, sense. And, <laughs> I, I guess that's one of the negative things I wanted to bring up in that, in that circle, I guess. Just a lot of DJs in that circle limit themselves as far as like what they can play. Like a tech house DJ does not want to play dubstep or a dubstep like (laughs) cringes at the idea of playing house music that might be one of the negatives of that um scene and that's partly that's part of the reason why i like what you just said like there's so much music out there why i started ditching that Mm, scene i got more into bars and clubs and more weddings just because like i i got i got bored of playing that stuff i wanted to play different stuff you know challenge yourself um but yeah that's it, it is it is a very cool world absolutely yeah Ah, very dope, man. Mm-hmm. So DJ Dre Ovale, are you ready to play a game called This or That? I guess, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. So I'm going to ask you two things. It's either this or it's either that. All right? Let's Good. get it. We got New Sleep Token versus The Gorillas. Who are we choosing? New Sleep Token. Okay. All right. Did a little research on you. All right. I can tell him that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very, that's a very, it's a very niche band, and not many people know about. But yeah, go on, go on. Okay. Yeah. Death metal or hardcore metal? Death metal. Mm, okay. I actually saw a very uh, dope death metal band at uh, at the CMJ Festival, NYU, and they uh, did Michael Jackson covers. And uh, <laughs> oh my god, that been amazing! Wild. Like amazing. I, I mean, this is the first time I've seen this. I'm like, yo. These guys are incredible. Like I was shaking their hand, like, yo, you guys are amazing. They probably thought yeah. I'm crazy. Like, we do this all the time. <laughs> but I <thought> <laughs> all right. DJing a wedding versus DJing a festival. Which one would you rather DJ? And I'm talking about like a big high level festival, like Coachella. Uh, I would say a I'll say I'll take a festival just because I haven't done that in a while. Okay. Um, yeah, probably a festival. I haven't done that in a while. Uh, yeah, festival. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see if you're, you know, true wedding to the core. Okay, I like that, man. Yeah, yeah. All right. CDJs or turntables? Turntables. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. DJ Expo or the Mobile Entertainment Expo? Mobile Beat, a.k.a. Mobile Beat. I haven't been to Mobile. No. Mobile, the second one. I haven't been to it. I have to. Which but, one would um... you rather, though? I know you've been to the Expo, but which one? Oh, yeah. I I think Expo just because like I I kind of know everyone I I've spoken like I've spoken at seminars like six times already. Mm. Um, so uh, yeah, probably probably the Expo. Plus it's close. It's very close. And so yeah, it's, uh, probably the Expo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how was your okay? So how was your experience? You say you spoke at the Expo, you spoke mm-hmm. at a seminar, you shared some DJ knowledge, education. How's that experience and uh, what do you like most about, you know, speaking at seminars and, you know, just sharing the knowledge that you know about DJing? So, one of the, okay, one of the coolest things I, I found out through time is one of the first seminars I spoke at was like 2014, I think. 
I don't remember what was the topic, but there's like three DJs that went to that seminar. And from what they learned, from the, they told us, they told me or the people that participated in that seminar, they told us that after what they learned in that seminar, over the years, over time, they 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 managed to quit their jobs and DJ hmm. full time. I don't remember what the hell the topic was about or what we spoke <laughs> about, but whatever we said resonated with them and they loved it. They ate it up and, and um, it it became useful for, to them. And um, aside from like that, it, that becoming their career, I, these, these folks also have become um, my friends over time. Like now I see them post on Facebook. I see them post about their kids or what they're, we're friends pretty much. So I learned, I gained a lot of friends from um, talking at those seminars. And I, I, I've spoken at so many of those throughout the years. I don't remember a lot of the, uh, the topics. I, I might remember one like social media. I think that's, back when like Instagram was the top dog. Like, so, so this was like 2015 or 14, I think mm -hmm, something like that. So, um, yeah, just, just showing other DJs, you know, uh, educating other DJs, um, inspiring them and just meeting a whole bunch of other DJs that I would have never met in my life if it wasn't for that, uh, expo. So yeah, that's one of the positive things that has come out of that, those expos going to those expos. Very dope. Very dope. DJ Dre Ovale, ladies and gentlemen, that was this or that. And it wasn't that bad, right? No, I, was, I liked it. <laughs> nice, nice. So what's next for DJ Dre Ovale, man? What do you got going on, man? So for for this year, um, again, I'm you know, focusing on weddings. That's that's a given. But one of the most important things is a new uh business I'm starting where um I, I, I've been renting out sound and speakers and DJ equipment for years and years and years, but I never actually did it under an actual business name. It was kind of just a business name. It was a kind of just all these DJ friends I know, like, hey, can we? Can I rent 20 uplights? Can I rent uh, moving heads? Can I rent totems? Can I rent subs? Whatever. Uh, luckily, I have, I know a lot of DJs, so it, 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 it did. I was renting out stuff every week for the past, I don't know, few three four years. So luckily, my my network is is big enough where these DJs do need um, stuff from me. But with this year, I'm I'm doing with a friend is we're starting an actual um, rental business for um, these AV companies I used to work for, okay. and also and also other DJs. But this this is focusing on people we don't know versus like before it was just my friends and and whatever DJ friends hiring, you know, renting stuff from me. Now we want to market it for um, like Monday through Friday for all these com AV companies. Cause all these years I learned how these uh, AV companies work. I, I learned how they rent out sound, how they, what sound they need or what sound they go for. So I want to focus on that on Monday through Friday where they, they pick it up for me and they use it for whatever a seminar, whatever they need. Um, and, and for the weekend, we have these uh, these things called do-it-yourself kits where um, we're making a YouTube, YouTube video um, in both English and Spanish because we want to market this to the Spanish uh, market too, like people that don't speak um, English or people that, uh, let's say, are less fortunate where they can't afford a professional DJ for their event. And also people that don't necessarily have um credit cards or let's say undocumented undocumented people that don't have the privilege of owning um you know credit cards all this stuff that um, is pretty much pretty much any basic citizen if you will has so we want to market the system to these type of folks where if they want sound at their backyard whatever shindig they can hire uh, they can hire us for their um for their sound needs just because we speak their language we come from you know, immigrant backgrounds. Um, so yeah, on the weekends we want to market these do-it-yourself kits to these to these uh, people, just if they need sound for their um, party, whatever. And we want to um, market those to all the um, I call it like party, not party planning, but but like you know where people go to go get like balloons and streamers or people yes, like um, little, little stuff, yeah, for their little uh -huh. party, whatever. We're just marketing a do-it-yourself kit and speakers to AV companies. That's kind of what we're doing. And we're launching that hopefully by the end of January. We're still, you know, uh, getting our, we already got the website down and we registered the business, but we just want to um, 
get a few more things down um, and we'll hopefully launch that by January. Man, nah, that's very dope. And I, first, I just want to say, man, big congratulations launching a new business, man. Nothing but success because I know you're going to kill it, man. I know. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. Nah, most definitely, man. <laughs> so how can people get in contact with DJ Dre Ovale? He's got a wedding coming up. I need to book a high level professional DJ. How can people get in contact with you? Uh, you could search DJ Dre Ovale literally on Google, TikTok, Instagram. Pretty much any social media you use. If you still use Vine, you could probably still find me. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, you can literally just find me at DJ Dreovai at all the, on every social media platform. I come up on Google. You'll find my website. You can reach out to me. Um, you know, put in your information. Reach out, and yeah, I'm I'm just I'm available everywhere, and I respond pretty quickly. Awesome, ladies and gentlemen. That was another episode of We Create the Vibes podcast. We do this every Monday, 9 a.m. This week's special guest was no other than DJ Dre Ovale. My brother, thank you so much, man. I appreciate you. You're welcome, man. Thank you for having me. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.